Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening, everyone. And with us on the line again this week is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. There we go. More volume. Pump it. I was actually hoping for a Stranger Things type feel to it. I don't know what Stranger Things is. You don't know what Stranger Things is? No. What is Stranger Things? You shall be hung at dawn. It's a Netflix Just, thing, isn't it? Yes. I don't Go have Netflix. Watch Go watch it. I'll give you my login. Go watch <laughs> it and you can take me later. I was going to say, are you going to give me your login or are you going to give me someone else's that you borrowed? <laughs> Probably my mom's. <laughs> Put locker. Ad blo- putlocker.com with ad lo- with ad blockers done. It's not one of them Russian websites, is it? <laughs> We're not going to go there. <laughs> any Let's any not. longtime listener of the show knows our references to that country. <laughs> I don't know if we should do that today. That wouldn't be a great idea. I don't know. Jesse, what are your thoughts on crane engines? <laughs> don't ask him too soon because this could get where, bad. Where, where is it? <laughs> Uh-oh. This show is not affiliated with the country. <laughs> I apologize. We are not a pro-Soviet Union show. <laughs> We're not a pro-Russia show or a pro-Ukraine show for that matter. I see two countries that are both corrupt as hell. And one corrupt country invades another corrupt country. And then there's some innocent people involved getting run over by tanks. Which is bullshit. It's just a giant dick measuring contest. Uh-oh. Well, I like how you said that as soon as what Jesse did with his beer, but that was not going to be seen on video because we haven't been on YouTube for a while. Okay. My apologies to our YouTube audience. I went on vacation. I was thinking about getting the YouTube fixed up for just those folks, but I, uh, yeah, I I'm not going to plan that before I go on vacation. Why huh? are you apologizing to the YouTube audience? They're not watching. I like turtles. Well, if they get curious and start coming over to the uh audio only podcast side which is where this actually originated and is still running then that would be great i mean do you know see no do you we're, see how many visual references that are on this show we're boring <laughs> <laughs> i can't <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't even tell what that was podcast listeners oh. if only <laughs> you could has, see us on youtube.com slash whatever this show we has would jumped the shark <laughs> you look like you got some practice at that too, which is terrifying. It is kind of long and brown. I suppose he did. <laughs> no comment. That's how he got the that's, job. <laughs> that's how you. That's how you start off a show. All right. About so, right, what were we talking those, about? Those of you who want to witness us on YouTube and see disgusting things like we, we just had to witness, you could. Message the show over at uh, makinglabspodcast at gmail dot com, or you could. Sp- Send us your thoughts via voicemail to anchor.fm slash making laps. Seriously, we will put you on the show. We don't care. Doesn't matter. We'll put anybody on the show as long we as we had somebody say the words penis over and over and over on a on a 
uh, podcast. What what the hell was I just talking about? <laughs> the voicemail thing. Yeah. That's what it did. Anchor. Yeah. We, yeah, anchor.fm. They're my podcast platform that publishes my stuff. That's why it's I got tongue-tied. <laughs> anyway, enough getting tongue-tied. I just got back from vacation. We usually start the episodes off with personal updates. Now, the personal updates I actually have this week is that I went to NASCAR Mecca for a week. I spent the week down in Mooresville, North Carolina, literally right on Lake. I'm within visual distance of Lake Norman. So Did you say NASCAR Mecca? Yeah. Black man! Not, that, Black man! not that kind of Mecca. <laughs> We're canceled. Finally. I know. I can't wait. <laughs> we are not PC. We're, that way we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so I spent my week down in NASCAR Mecca with the wife. Left the kid in the hands of Uncle Jesse and Grandma because I uh, didn't think he would... Well, he, I can't let him lift school, number one. I'm not going to pull him out of school. Number two, we made it a makeshift honeymoon after seven years of marriage because we didn't get one. So we went down for antiques and race cars. So we both got what we enjoyed and uh, got to see it and do a lot down there. It was They're going to have to put down another wing room in the house to make room for all the babies. Mm, at this time. Hey, and because I was going to say, because he's been married seven years, he didn't have to worry about that stuff. He you just got a cheap hotel and went and saw things. Right. That's pretty much what I did. So, did you see, <laughs> so what did you see down in North Carolina? Right, what, did you, uh, what did you visit? In? Well, besides all the antiquing that was kind of lackluster. No um, one cares about yeah, the antiquing. That's why I'm just going to gloss over it with the, just those four words. Uh, we went to see the Richard Childress Museum, which was pretty badass. I didn't, you know, I obviously hadn't been to any of these places except for the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and that was 10 years ago. Um, so we went to see the Richard Childress uh, Museum, which was real neat. They had the, basically, it was like the entire old shop from when Dale Earnhardt was racing. It was like It was like it's stopped in time. It was kind of crazy looking. I know it kind of wasn't. I know they moved everything over to the big shop and just kept going. But um, the hauler was in there, a bunch of his cars, a bunch of unfinished cars, the 1998 500 winner. Uh, and then you go into a different wing, and it's the other RCR cars. Like they had the Kevin Harvick car where he won at Atlanta uh, for the first time after Earnhardt died. Uh, they had a bunch of uh, Xfinity Series cars. I think they had Tyler Reddick's championship car in a corner. Uh, they had one of Richard's cars on display. Uh, going down the line, I think they had a couple. Tr- they I think they had what was it, Austin Dillon's championship truck. They had the Daytona 500 car. They had a lot of different interesting things, you know, and they had a giant trophy case full of stuff. It's really worth going to visit uh, if you're in that area. Um, then we went to... I actually believe that uh, that building that you were in, the, the museum, is the building that Dale's cars and everybody's was built in at that time when he died. Yeah, it was. They had the old, They labeled all the rooms. Like it showed the yeah. en- engine room, shock room. They had the wash bay. Like everything was still Did they set still up. have Richard's office? Yeah, Richard's office was still there untouched. It was really creepy. Could looking. you walk into it? I know at one point you could probably walk into it. I, mm. I saw a video where they were talking about that. No, nah, they had uh, plate glass up so you could only look in. But it is genuinely a time capsule. Like uh, 
the computer monitors and the TVs and all sorts of furniture. Everything was straight out of 2002. CRT. Yeah, it's it was like going back to being in high school. It was crazy. Uh, then we went to, the next day, we went to, I think, the NASCAR Hall of Fame where we saw Mike Stefanik's exhibit, and it is gorgeous. It is really nice. It's up in the Hall of Honor with uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s Daytona Five, last Daytona 500 winning car and Red Farmer's, I forget which one it was, the Torino or something? I don't know. It was the 97, the gold car. I got a picture of it. I might post it. I think you should post those pictures up on the on the podcast page and whatever, just for some social media engagement. I should. Because I sure as hell don't engage. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, we'd been to the Hall of Fame 10 years ago, and it was much different. Uh, we saw the Glory Road when you first walk in. I believe that was curated by Dale Earnhardt Jr., and uh, we there was a bunch of really cool stuff in there. I was sending, I'm pretty sure I was like endlessly sending Jesse pics like, oh, look what's here, like the whole trip. Um, but they had really nice stuff there. Uh, we, I went and did the simulators because they were a little different than the last time I was there. Um, a lot of the exhibits were mostly similar, but they were it's still very interesting. Like if, if you get a chance and you're actually a history buff, the sport, it's worth it to go to, all these different places and go see them because they have uh, they have just the most obscure stuff like they had i think they had lee petty's like daytona 500 trophy from 1959 and i'm not sure about that but um they had a bunch of different old memorabilia didn't you didn't think would still be around and like the guy who the uniform of the guy who used to start the races on the daytona beach course like they had his hat and his uniform hanging up i'm like damn that's really cool uh, again, a lot of different little exhibits of, uh, the history of the sport. And, uh, that's always good to see. And, uh, I think after that, we made a trip up to the Petty Museum, uh, because I hadn't been there since 1998. So it'd been like 24 years because we were on a, a family trip across the country and we were coming back through that way. So we stopped off and saw that it was a little different. Uh, I didn't remember having to change buildings before, but we did. Uh, we went over. He has so much stuff. And, like, he's got a giant collection of, like, pocket watches. There's, like, different display cases full of them. And, I mean, there's got to be hundreds of them from stuff he's collected on the road to trophies. He's got a huge walkway full of trophies and different memorabilia and... A lot of really interesting cars. Like, he had uh, on display the, I believe it was a Barracuda that he raced in, what, 1965 when they boycotted uh, NASCAR because of the Hemi? Jess, what year was that? 65. 65, okay. So, yeah, they had that car there. The ill-fated. Yeah, the ill-fated attempt at drag racing. Because mm -hmm. uh, the car got out of control and killed a spectator. Yes. Um, he did win a national event, though, didn't he? I believe he did. I, I think he did. There's another. There's more than one car, and mm -hmm. the other one is rotting away in a junkyard uh, somewhere down in North Carolina. But, Probably. Yeah. Um, but he had he had the Superbird there. He had the 1967 car there that he won like 20 something races with. It was his most successful car ever. Uh, he had one of the uh, the bigger cars, like the Monte Carlo or whatever those things were <laughs> that he ran late 70s with a lot of really cool stuff and if you go to the gift shop 
they have a lot of memorabilia for sale, but like all the little stuff like uh, pictures, posters, signs, whatever's kind of solid. Richard has signed everything, and it's incredibly affordable. So I picked oh. up I picked up a print that was a numbered like rare print for my mom because she was a big Richard Petty fan, oh. and uh, that was signed. And I picked up actually a little trading card for Jesse, and that was signed. So it's pretty cool if you want something signed by Richard. He's the, he was the kind of guy who he would stick around. You'd always heard the stories of him sticking around until everybody was gone and after the race and gave everybody an autograph. So he was an incredibly personable personality. So it's neat to see that he signs everything in the gift shop too. Then I believe the next day, I know I'm going to be missing something here, and I apologize, but... There is so much to see in Mooresville if you're a race fan. It's worth checking out at least once. Uh, I didn't get to make it to any race shops uh, except for like the museums that were on site. Uh, we went to the North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame. And I got to see a lot of really interesting stuff in there as well. Like They had Tony Stewart's 2005 championship car. They had a Dodge Daytona IROC car that Ken Schrader drove. They had a bunch of different engines on display, like the old Grand National V6s and the old Buick Turbo IndyCar engines and really interesting like technical stuff, too. Uh, they had, a, let me see, a Richie Evans and Jerry... What's his name? Jerry Cook? What's it? Jerry Cook, number 38. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Former uh, inspector, yeah. official in NASCAR. Yeah, they had his car there right next to it. They had some old Rusty Wallace cars. They had one of like Ryan Newman's Arca cars, and his. Mid- Is that the place that had uh, Michael Waltrip's car from Bristol? I don't think so. Uh, that might- I know there was one that had it. I don't remember if it was that one. It might be the Memory Lane Museum. I if it's in North Carolina, but I couldn't get into that one. They said that they were, I don't know, closed. I tried to get into a museum I'd never heard of called the Winston Cup Museum. Uh. I didn't actually get into that one because they only they were only open f- by appointment only, and uh, it was like a hundred bucks to get in for a group. And I'm like, I only got two people. I'm not paying fifty bucks to get into this place, so I'm not going. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that, but it seemed really interesting. I wish I'd gotten the chance to, but oh well. And yeah, they had some really really neat stuff. Again, if you guys are ever in the area, you really got to go check it out. It is really cool. Um, that area in general is just pretty cool because there's so much racing stuff around. Yeah, and I went to, uh, I think the last day we kind of did a little half-assed, like, oh, I should mention this. They also had a Tim Richmond display at the North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame, and they had his number 27 Pontiac there. They also had a display with like three of his helmets and a lot of his stuff. It was really, really cool to see because you don't see a lot of places around here with his type of memorabilia or cars or anything. So it was really neat to see that on display. They also had... uh, This is a historic Tim Richmond car that runs uh, on HSR down here sometimes. It's pretty cool to see. That is awesome. Uh, They also had Corey McLenathan's, I forget what year, 95? I think it was 1995 mcdonald's top fuel dragster in there too and they had uh i can't remember his name now but they had a funny car from the same era forget who it was ed mccullough cruz pedragon no i i i'd have to look it up but i'm not going to it was 
the Parts Unlimited car, the silver one. I can't remember. Al Hoffman? It, yeah, Al Hoffman. I think that go. was it. Yeah. I needed Jesse's expertise of 1990s NHRA to bring me through on that. Stupid brain only If you really ever want to get into the old NHRA stuff, you got to get down to the Garlitz Museum down here next to my house. I can't I know. wait. I know. I really want to go. Place uh, is amazing. I was seven hours away from Phil, but I wasn't taking a day trip just to do that. <laughs> I paid for that hotel room. I'm going to sleep every night in it. <laughs> And I mean, after that, we went to this barbecue called Lancaster's, and they have just a ton of racing memorabilia. I think they had like 50 different hoods on the roof. They had a full-size bus painted up like Richard Petty and uh, Dale Earnhardt's cars, and it was wild. Like, you could go eat in the bus and stuff, and like the bathrooms had tires and fuel fuel jugs for sinks. Pretty neat place. After like, And then after that, the last day, we did the Dale Trail. Kind of went to... Um, his hometown there. What the hell is it again? Anybody want to fill me in? Canapolis. That's it. I can never remember the name. My wife's been like bothering me all week. I'm like, I can't remember anything. I'm sorry. So it's like, yeah, we went to Canapolis and did that. And uh, we, f- we found the Dale statue in the town uh, square there, wherever they put that little memorial up. So yep. we found that. Phil gave us some coordinates. So we went and found the old uh, garage. Was it Martha's house? Uh, yeah, that was uh, Martha Earnhardt's house and uh, Ralph's house, where obviously where Ralph passed. Right. But that's where they used to build all the cars. Right. So we went and checked that out, which was really neat to see. I thought it was, you know, I have this preconceived notion that everything down there is just kind of out in the middle of nowhere because it's Farmsville, USA, if you get outside the city limits. But then you go see it and it's like, Jesus, this is in the middle of a housing development. There's everything around this. I have a question yeah, for Brent. Canapolis is such an interesting little town, too, for that area. It's Yeah, you could say it's interesting because we drove through some areas where it was very um, roll them up, lock them down. So it's like, this place sucks. Back them up, back them in, let me begin. <laughs> it was, I'm not kidding. Literally, that's where the term wrong side of the tracks come from. Because right down the street from Earnhardt's, Martha Earnhardt's house, you cross over the railroad tracks there. And then that whole side of town is just weird. Oh, it is. It's literally night and day. Like it, once you leave that area, it's the research college and the town square and the baseball stadium, and it's all brand new and beautiful. It's just wild. North Carolina. I got a few bones to pick with North Carolina. Okay. Let me guess. Traffic. Number one is traffic, because <laughs> it is freaking awful. Like. I came home and drove down the same basic roads, and the the stoplights were much faster and traffic flowed much better. Down there, the only thing I remember about anything else is sitting in traffic anywhere I wanted to go. 150, 152, 77, 85. It's like every freaking road was covered in traffic for no obvious reason. The only good thing about it was that when I was on 77 going towards Charlotte, because we were going to the Hall of Fame, they have two lanes for travel, normal, you know, like a normal two-lane highway. And then on the other side, they've got two more lanes, and that's the express lane. So when there's traffic, you can just dive over into the express lane and just take off around all the traffic. The reason, why there's, the reason why there's no traffic on the express lane is 
it's also a toll road. It's like, hey, do you want to sit in traffic? No? Okay, well, you can pay to go around. I must have racked up like 20 bucks in tolls going on the traffic. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not sitting in this traffic. This is garbage. But it saved me a whole mess of time. So I'm like, okay, you're willing to save time? I guess it's a good scam. But yeah, that's my enduring memory of North Carolina is the traffic and the blight. You go through there and you just see house after what? house where, no, I'm not kidding. Um, what, like Moosep <laughs> or Bridgeport? I'd say more Bridgeport or than City. Waterbury? Waterbury. Okay, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> like, you drive down the road, and you'll see this beautiful new housing development, and they're coming, they're popping up absolutely <laughs> everywhere. And these places are beautiful, they're manicured, they've got plants and trees and stuff, and they're amazing. And you look across the street, and there's a brick house built in, like, the 50s or whatever, 60s, and they're all little, they look like shoeboxes with car parts and trash and, like, garbage all around them. Mattresses. Mattresses, too. Yeah, it's all trash. I mean, it was just... I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I think a lot of those areas used to be, like, textile areas, and a lot of those were, like, workers' homes back in the days. But... It yeah. could be, but I don't know where any Kinda of those, like, like, factories oh. would have been. There's nothing there. No? I don't know. I mean, you go like I said, you drive outside of Mooresville. You drive, like, towards, um, what's that little dirt track there? I forget what that's called. Uh, uh, not the Charlotte dirt track. No, not Charlotte. The one where they run micro sprints, all the driver's kids race there. Oh, Millbridge. Yeah, that place. You drive out that way, like out of town and, and towards the farmlands a little bit more. It's like you see nice houses on one side and then absolute trash on the other side. I'm like, Christ, the difference in, in home quality is wild. And I don't think I've ever seen a place with more abandoned houses around, too. I'm like, how? <laughs> it's really confusing. I'm like, geez, what's going on here? That just seems to be a theme with uh, some parts of North Carolina because, like, driving into Caraway Speedway, you're literally driving through a trailer park. Yeah. And it's weird because there's probably more churches than businesses down there, and I don't know how they do it. The churches down there are massive and numerous. Like, we were driving down one of the main roads, and I looked to my right, I'm like, there's Baptist Church. That's a huge building. Next building over, a different church, different Baptist church. Next building, right next door to that one, well, one another, on Bap- church another Baptist church. One's the first congregational, and then the next door one is the second congregational. Oh. What does that Third. mean? I don't know. I'm not a Baptist. <laughs> three, I'm not kidding. They were all three different Baptist churches all in a row on the same road. And then you look across the street, and there's a giant Methodist church, like cathedral looking. I'm like, holy crap. These people, there's abandoned businesses everywhere, but man, the churches are thriving down there. It's like the exact opposite up here. I don't know what's going on. I thought somebody was going to say something there, but I don't have one. <laughs> I, I, got, I got nothing nice. It's just wild because it's such a cultural difference, and when you're driving 12 and a half hours down there, it doesn't feel like it's that far away because you're just driving. You're not in a, you know, it doesn't feel like you're being teleported to someplace different. Jesus is the bread. 
my favorite place that I've been down in that general area is Rock Hill, South Carolina. I don't know. Something about that area is just way different. We went to, uh, I believe we spent one night in Winston-Salem. That wasn't a bad little place. I have a question for Brent. Yeah. Uh, how many times did you get asked by uh, the locals, uh, when are you going to leave? Uh, nobody, but it's hilarious because we were walking around uh, the ant- the giant, ant- it was a 100,000 square foot antiques mall. They don't like carpetbaggers down and there. And we, we obviously are from New England and we are loud and we don't speak with a southern accent like everybody else. Cause, hey, you curse. Oh, constantly. Hey, pack the car. Hey, constantly curse. Give me some donkeys. So we're walking through there and people are looking at us and like walking the other direction. I'm like, this is refreshing. I don't need to be near anyone. Yeah. What the frig? <laughs> this is four ninety five. This should be only a buck and a quarter. I don't even friggin' know what's going on with this garbage. Oh yeah, we were bitching about everything, and the people were just looking at us funny and like murmuring words to the person next to them, and then walking a different direction. Yeah. It was brilliant. I loved it because nobody wanted to be near us. Did anybody tell you to bless your heart? No, I got away with it. Darn. <laughs> I got away. Bless with it. your heart. I'd be like, yeah, fuck you too. Watch exactly. your profanity. <laughs> I know what it means, you assholes. I, would, I wouldn't even respond. I'd just kick them. <laughs> they had some neat stuff to see down there. And then, like I said, it is they celebrate being Race City USA. So it is it's it's a good time. Just Oh, they embrace it for sure. Be yeah. Just be prepared that there will be shit traffic. That's basically all I got. Oh, yeah, we, I forgot. We did go see the Days of Thunder barn. Uh, it is absolutely wild to see how built up around it it is. It feels Compared to the movie, right? Yeah, the movie, you look at it, and it's like there's a dirt road running behind it, and there's nothing around it and no noise whatsoever. You go there, and you're like shocked that it's literally in the middle of town. Yeah, it's, it's like, like well, I mean, there, back it, when the movie was filmed, it probably wasn't in the middle of town. Yeah, there was probably Route 150, and it just goes towards the highway. That's literally it. It's like when The Godfather yeah. was shot uh, in 1949 or whatever. It, it, it was well, it was really shot in the you know 70s or whatever. But, right. You know, you, you see the scene like where uh, where Clemenza shoots Pauly along the Jersey Turnpike, leave the gun, take the cannolis. Along the Jersey with New York in the background, yeah, it's it like only a cornfield. Yeah, it's like a cornfield right outside of the hayfield, right outside the city. You'd be like, now it's got to be all built up with all kinds of garbage. Yeah, so it's or probably a, the same thing. Yeah, or it's a landfill. Who knows? Was it in Jersey? Yeah, it's a landfill. New York's septic tank. <laughs> Correct. But yeah, I mean, it is shocking to see how much is actually built up around that barn, and you think to yourself, this was a barn. Which means there was a farm here. Where was it? Because there's housing developments, condos, commercial districts, strip malls, businesses, stores, everything all the way around the thing. And it's like just the barn there. It's like, where was it? And why is it still there? It's, I don't know. Maybe they just saw that it was an icon and they just couldn't tear it down. I don't know. Maybe they, again, they take being Race City USA seriously. So that's probably why they never tore it down. They should do something to 
keep her from falling down probably but yeah you know. <laughs> it's it's not in the best shape when i saw it last in 2017 it was kind of sketchy it's still kind of crap right now and i know of side of it like the awning side kind of fell in on it a little bit so that's just gonna keep going how far into yeah, this that... thing are we <laughs> a little while 28 minutes I've, t- I've talked about my north carolina trip for 28 minutes oh. We haven't Good even job. got the fill yet for opening for for uh, updates. Yeah, my okay. So racing updates. I did come back today and whatever, but it was a fun trip. Twelve and a half hours. Is a car I in the shop s- yet? We spent. Hang on, one second. I think we spent like thirty six hours in a car for the week. Cool. Anyway, uh, my car is okay, still in my the, trailer. The last four you got to do in my new car. So right. Um. So I got. Let's see. My race car is not in the trailer, or it's not in the garage. It's still in the trailer in the side yard, and my entire yard is full of ice, and it is like four inches thick. So it's going to be like, I can't even move the trailer right now. So if push comes to shove, I'm going to be adjusting valves and doing things in the trailer, so that's not going to be good. But maybe it'll warm up enough this week that I can probably get it over there, but it'll probably be all mud. So then I'd still can't. Space heater. Yeah gonna come down to it i'll just do it at the track phil will love that idea yeah (laughs) wonderful perfect right anyway i hope you drop a valve into the engine yeah i do um why why does he want me to blow up now (laughs) that would be terrible (laughs) that was just that's always always my biggest fear doing valves oh yeah or valve springs well, I'm just going to be adjusting valves. I'm not changing the springs right now. I'm just adjusting there. to get it yeah, running. Yeah, because you communists make one mistake and it's thirty five hundred bucks. To you try can't six even pull grand the, now. You can't. T- yeah, six grand now. <laughs> Fifty two <Yeah>. hundred. <laughs> well, it depends on who because owns you can't one pull the heads off, or you can't do anything. There. Yeah, no. <laughs> Trust me, if I could build my own engines, I probably would be. Just because <laughs> I can do it and it's cheaper, it probably won't be as good. But whatever can't do it right phil you have any updates uh not really got the rear end out of the car uh found all the hymns in the rear of the car kind of just needed some attention so i'm going to replace all those and just build some spare trailing arms for the car but other than that just regular service and maintenance and i think the next race is april 23rd so looking forward to that is it going to be a wheelman race or are you just going to run a sportsman race somewhere that's just a, a regular citrus points tonight. Nothing crazy. You gonna try to run for points at citrus, or just kind of here and there? Just points at citrus, and then after that, I think we're gonna go run a couple races at Auburndale and finish out the year at uh, New Smyrna. Are any of those races televised? Only <laughs> the only televised races that I'm gonna be running right now that I know of uh, are the two more wheelman races later in the season uh, at Citrus. I don't think Citrus has a deal with Speed 51 or Race America, whatever it is, this year. Yeah. Well, if they did, they wouldn't probably have it broadcast anyway because of the internet issues that they have there. Because the last well, time... Actually, <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that because those internet issues that night stemmed a little deeper than we, we realized. The scoreboard wasn't working in qualifying. Hmm. And usually... Like you're going down the back stretch, you can see the scoreboard in the middle of three and four. So that'll tell you, okay, 
go a little harder, back up your corner a little bit. Um, but I didn't even think of that. We came back this Friday to go practice a truck, and they had a Comcast guy there running cable everywhere throughout the whole facility, putting up Wi-Fi repeaters and everything. Yeah, yeah they they the whole uh, facility is like on a mesh network now. Anywhere you go, you can get Wi-Fi. It's actually pretty nice. Did they call in uh, Elon Musk? What, oh, with that Starlink crap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... I don't believe that's ever going to work the way they say it is, but... Well, he's supposed that's to be... A, de- he's that's a, a different discussion. That's my industry, so... He's supposed to be deploying it in Ukraine because they asked him to, so... Oh, good for him. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Anyway. Sink or swim. It better work. Anyway, um... Jess, I don't know if you have any updates yet. You got to get your car worked on no. before April second week of April, <laughs> but whatever. All right, so um, let's move on into some actual racing topics instead of my enjoy or my enjoyment and my vacation uh, and Phil's broken parts. I got word uh, just before we went on the podcast that uh, legendary racer, just in general, Danny Ungaius passed away on February twenty sixth. That news was made uh, public. I can't even get that word out. Today, uh, he died of congestive heart complications at the age of 79. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with Danny Ungaius, I believe he started the Indy 500 11 times. Is that right, Jess? Something like that. I don't know the exact count, but yeah, something like 11 times. Yeah, he um, he also raced... Ooh. NHRA, like he did drag racing yeah, he, as well. Yeah, there was a Indy 500 where, uh, I believe 1981, where that was the infamous one where his legs were dangling off of the, out of the front of the fuselage or whatever, the cockpit. Yeah. Yeah, which was scary as all get out. There was like no car left in front of him. It was basically a seat in the and, engine with the rear wheels. And the car he was supposed to drive in 1987, he was injured for that 500. And uh, they tapped an old race car driver named Alan or Senior to drive that car, and he won his fourth Indy 500. Yep. Was that for? Oh, he ran into. Uh, I forget what it, what happened to him. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah, so that stunk. Uh, but he made his final appearance in the 500 because of the same basic thing. But Scott Brayton, when he died in 1996, John Menard. Uh, called up on Gaius to be his replacement. He was like 54 years old, and he'd made his first start in the Speedway in a decade. He had to start in the rear, and he finished seventh, um, which was pretty fantastic. I mean, the guy was absolutely fearless, and he raced in the time when it was the most dangerous, and he was doing double disciplines in the most dangerous era of motorsports. Well, he won a lot of races, actually, in the late, late 70s and early 80s. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, driving for the Interscope car. Uh, black number 25 also won a lot of sports car races yeah he won uh, the well. 79 daytona rolex 24 with hurley haywood yeah if if, if he didn't win by three laps he would either crash or the car would break down that right. was the end of it oh <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah he had uh yeah great nhra career before that too mm. so yeah he won national events in uh funny car and all sorts of stuff yeah he won indy yeah well he, that is the biggest race you can win yeah so Thank you, Danny Ungaius, for all your contributions to motorsports, and that's a sad passing. So Yeah, he was a quiet guy. I wish he talked more. Yeah, he stayed <laughs> a lot. He really good. stayed out of the public spotlight yeah. for a very long time. It would have been great to see him around, but yeah. 
Anyway, that should move me into Jesse. We gotta probably cue the music up because I think I'm oh, gonna wait. Oh, do this I, section. It's gonna take me a minute. I know, but okay. I figured I'll do this section now because I have it right in front of my face. And this was submitted to us by our own Phil Jakes. He came through two weeks in a row on the Darf comment of the week. Oh, that's the wrong one. Yay. <laughs> Way to go, Jesse. For this week's Darf comment of the week. Yep. All right, so this Darf comment of the week deals with uh let's see it's a jeff gluck article it usually starts out with a jeff gluck article it's not jeff's fault it's the idiots commenting on its fault jeff is actually good at what he does let's see i call them the dumb glucks (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good but jeff is very good at what he does a lot of them Yes, and he has yeah, a lot he, of very. He attracts idiots for some reason. Yeah, he. You know, there's just there's that weird personality trait where you attract stupid or crazy, and it seems like he's cursed with that. I think. Mm. Um, so anyway, he's talking about uh, Jimmy Johnson's IndyCar sponsorship with CBDMD. He says have been interested in CBD sponsorships for several years, dating back to a 2019 story about the reluctance of sanctioning bodies and television partners approving them. So this is a big step. Jimmy Johnson will be brand ambassador for a company called CBDMD. Says he uses the products. So, (laughs) here comes a good one. This Twitter user called Trey Chaffin at... Trey underscore Chaffin, T-R-E-Y underscore C-H-A-F-F-I-N, if you'd like to go on Twitter and tell him how stupid he is, uh, comes back with a retweet, or quote tweet, I should say, where he says, so Jimmy Johnson admits to using weed while competing. Does IndyCar not drug test? This is ridiculous. Okay. For the scientifically inept, which Shut up. is what this idiot is, <laughs> CBD is not weed. CBD is not marijuana. Marijuana is not weed unless you're a boomer. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I, again, the scientifically inept. A simple Google search would have answered every question or concern you would have had about this product. But CBD is not typically nor usually marijuana-based. Can you imagine Jimmy Johnson as Jimmy Johnson? Holy shit! As a stoner, oh, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> he would be nowhere near as fit as he is because he'd be. That's what we just want to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. He'd be sitting there eating Funyuns and watching cartoons like Ren and Stimpy. He'd hey, be... what's wrong with Funyuns? Funyuns are delicious. I made it Everything. through eighth grade in Funyuns. <laughs> Anyway. That's like my go-to convenience store grab bag. Uh, crunchy Cheetos. Not the fire ones, the regular ones. Funyuns or Bugles. Ugh, Bugles. That's gotta be original Bugles. Ugh, Bugles. Fuck you, I put them on my fingers. <laughs> uh, so we figured out that Phil eats like a five-year-old. That's great. <laughs> so what? Speak of five-year-olds. Speaking of producer jr has entered 
but anyway, again, why open your mouth to this? Because now you're just causing problems where they don't exist. This is not what you think it is. CBD is not a marijuana-based product. Neither is it actual marijuana. CBD is literally what? It's it's new wave aspirin. What the hell is it? It's basically, I mean, it's de- I think it's derived from hemp. Yeah. Or I don't know, like all the bullshit about it, but whatever. Yeah, but it's I de- use hand cream for my hands. Yeah, apparently it works. It works. People don't feel any weird side effects. It doesn't attack their organs. Good. Somebody found a painkiller that's not an opiate. Good for them. It's not marijuana, stupid. And besides, if he was, I wouldn't blame him. Who cares? Seriously, who gives a damn? Anybody have any comments? No? Some people are dumb. (laughs) I figured there'd be some kind of fervor, but it's just kind of... We could go deeper into the additional comments after that. I didn't. You can if you feel like it, but I didn't copy or paste. I don't know. He's probably on brain frying neuroleptics and antidepressants (laughs) and whatever that treat the brain like a like a uh, pharmaceutical lobotomy. It takes away all the synapses in the front part of the frontal lobes, Uh deriving them into a drooling, mentally inept idiot. I don't think that. I just thought it was funny to see other drivers like Corey LaJoy jumping in there and saying stuff, too. (laughs) He can't help himself. And he's usually really funny, too. And the best point, the best point, and I forget which media personality made the point, but they asked, where was this guy when uh, Austin Dillon announced his uh, three cheese sponsorship? Because that's technically marijuana. Kind of. If you want to get it, yeah. If you want to get, I mean, it's it's not. It's also whatever. It's it's fobuana. I can't come up with anything on the fly here. It's fake stuff, but it's got the same basic effects, and it's not synthetic either. It comes. It's derived. It's it's essentially like CBD. The other side of CBD. It's derived yeah. from hemp, and they basically synthesize it from that. And Whatever, we're not going to get into the whole scientific thing. Let's just say you're stupid because you're starting shit that doesn't exist, and it's not what you think. Do some research. Google is a hell of a tool. And- oh, it, it got even better, too, because I, I I went back and checked his personal Twitter after that, and people can, can do this, too, if they want. And he, he made a comment that he had a bunch of stoners mad in his mentions. <laughs> and then everybody started unloading on him, like, we're not stoners. We don't smoke weed. It's CBD. It doesn't get you high, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it just kept going on. This guy got nailed all day. It was wonderful. Well, he had every right to because he said something in- incredibly stupid. So, again. When in doubt, shut your mouth. Like I said before, <laughs> Google's a hell of a tool, and you are too, sir. So congratulations, yeah. Trey Chaffin of Twitter fame of or misfortune. You are our Darf comment of the week. Thank you very much. Uh, please stop Maybe using of the year. Please stop using Twitter. And don't reproduce. <laughs> May God have mercy on your soul. Okay, so moving into more actual racing news. They announced some SRX racers, and I know that they're hinting at some other ones, and I'm very interested to see who's going to be in there because this is a fantastic series. And I was actually at the North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame, 
and they had a signed piece of one of the SRX bodies in the lobby for sale. It was like 300 bucks. It had Ray Everham's signature on it, and I'm like, that's not worth 300 bucks. But eh. yeah, no, not 300 bucks. <laughs> if it went, if all the proceeds of that went to the uh, museum, I would say, sure, that's a good price. But no, not if it goes to somebody else. So they announced some drivers to be in the series, the new, the newest season of the SRX series. Uh, so far, what I've seen is Greg Biffle, Marco Andretti, Ryan Newman. Paul Tracy, Michael Waltrip, Joseph Newgarden, Ernie Francis Jr., Bobby Labonte, Helio Castroneves, uh, Ryan Hunter Ray, Tony Kanan, and others to be announced soon. Uh, from what I can tell, full-time drivers and part-time drivers have yet to be ironed out. There's also hints floating around at Robert Wickens making an appearance in the series, which I'd be interested in That would seeing. be amazing. It would be interesting. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to see Greg Biffle and Ryan Newman beat the fuck out of each other on the racetrack <laughs> because those two, they're not going to lay over for each other. Nope. No, and if they, they start not. battling, I don't care where they're battling. Honestly, they're going to knock the snot out of each other. Sometimes well, we Kevin Harvick joins the series some after point he retires. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, good lord. Again, I don't know who's going to be full time or part time. That was a lot of names. I don't. What do they have? Only like ten cars. Biffle and Newman are full time, from what I heard. Okay. So yeah, a lot of those Take names. That one as you will. A lot of those names, like uh, I believe, like Ryan Hunter Ray and Newgarden. I think they're going to be part time. I think Ernie Francis Jr. might only be doing a race. I'm not even sure, uh, but he's going to be definitely part time. Um. So it's it's interesting to see what they're going to do. But we have the schedule. We have a bunch of uh, drivers listed. So who cares? If they're going to show up where you want to go, then go watch it anyway. And then you're going to have the uh, the local drivers, too. There's uh, Pensacola Five Flag Speedway has a thing going on where if you win, I forget the name of the race. It's a 125-lap super late model race uh, at the track. If you win that race you're the one that gets selected to go run the SRX race. Stafford's there. doing the same thing. With the SKs or the tour mods? Tour mods at the Spring Sizzler. Damn, I was kind of hoping they do SKs. Yeah, but you got to think also that who's who in the SKs typically run the tour mods as well. Not like a... Right. Uh, yeah. Like I just wanted to see a local, local driver rather than... I mean tour mods are still local but you get what i mean like a guy that's every friday night grinding at stafford rather than someone that's oh, i'm going to race this saturday here and in a couple of weeks i'm going to race there i want to see one of those guys that grind every week really get it not that those guys like i said don't work but true um i mean doug kobe got the ride last year and he's you could call him a stafford regular at one point i mean no, I would agree with that. And so, I mean, I, I, honestly, tour mods, it's going to be Pit Cat, because I believe he's going to be in the, the Harvey car, the one car for those races. Probably Mike so that Jr. Car is, yeah, Mike Jr. is probably going to be in the 7NY. Um, Ronnie Williams is going to be fast. You know he's going to run those. So like I Let's said, see. it's probably, it's probably going to boil down to being one of the regulars yeah. anyway, you know. 
I want to see Kopsik get in a tour car. I don't know if he was going to run those. I know he was running that other car for a little while, and I forget which one it was, but yeah. he'd ran it a few times in New Smyrna as well this year. But again, with these open tour-type shows, not the NASCAR tour shows, but the open tour-type shows, the more local names for that track typically show up. So it yeah. could be one of them anyway. So it, I don't know. You know, you're going to deal with the same basic people as it is either way. So I just personally, I don't want to see, I like Matt Hirschman, but I don't want to see him walk in there and walk away with it and take one of the Stafford regulars or weekly guys out of a chance at, you know, showcasing their talents on a big stage at home. What what would the difference be between him or Justin Bonsignor? I don't want to see Justin Bonsignor do it either. No, we'd rather see somebody local to Stafford. Even if but if it's going to be, but if the Kobe was a Stafford bred racer, so I was yeah. okay with that. Ran pro and, stocks, and me, right? But they're yeah. making their selection based off of tour race, though, right? Yeah, but I mean, if, that's what I mean. We're so. saying we're hoping. But, we're not saying yeah, that's what. That's my happen. point. Is my desire yeah. is to see a Stafford regular get it? Hmm. Yeah, that's the because desire. It's not what's at supposed to happen, but. Because Ugh. let's face it, Matt Hirschman's not going to take a truck series ride if it's offered up to him. Like, as far as where he's got to go out and find all the funding himself and like bust his tail and do all that extra work, I don't think he's interested in that. I think he enjoys doing what he does with the tour mods because he make probably makes really good money doing it. Especially because he's these, very successful and he has that business on the side as well. One of these younger kids, like Mike Junior. Speed shop. He, mm-hmm. he's chomping at the bit for an opportunity like that. And if he could go out there and run an SRX race, win the race like Kobe did and get an opportunity in a GMS truck, maybe he might see the, the value in busting your ass and going further with it. Yeah, I agree. By the way, Jesse, Matt Hirschman does, uh, they do Troyer chassis shop. Uh, I forget what it's called. Is it called just Hirschman's? Is it Troyer, Troyer garage? It's, yeah. They're, uh... a, they're a dealer for Troyer. Yeah, so they've got their own shop that basically like they do chassis repair and chassis setup, and similar stuff, to so. a Keith Rocker. Yeah, deal. similar to what Keith does. Keith yeah. is a Troyer dealer as well, so that's what he does. That's so. that's where Bill McNeil bought his last Troyer before he decided not to anymore. Oh, Hirschman, thankfully. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, oh by the way, speaking of local modified drivers, did you see? Uh, I don't even want to bring it up, but did you see what Bobby Santos did in the midget? That's not Come his, on. That's not his proudest moment. Listen, really Cody Swanson him. is a crying piece of shit. Correct. I do not like him <laughs> one bit. Correct. However, two wrongs don't make a right. If you don't like what he did, pass him, drive the fuck away from him, and then go up to him after the race and knock his ass out. Now, for backstory to anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, what track were they racing at? It was down in Florida, right? It was uh, Showtime Speedway in Showtime. Clearwater. And they were running Silver Crown cars or uh, wing or uh, asphalt. It's wingless sprint. It was the Dave Steele Memorial Race. Okay, so they were wingless sprints on asphalt. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Bobby was leading, and Cody Swanson was second. And Cody poked him coming off a corner. Bobby spun a three sixty, kept going. Uh, going into the next turn, Cody got around him, so Bobby just gassed up, and stabbed the back end of Cody's car and just knocked him straight up the racetrack. Instead of just 
letting that be that's your warning or you know there we're even no because he had an open lane under Swanson to drive back underneath him and get his spot back and that would have yep. in my mind that would have been okay we're even you know no he proceeded to floor it again and drive straight into Swanson's left side and put both him and Swanson into the turn four wall wrecked both of their cars why? <laughs> I guess if you got the money to throw in the trash, do it. Wouldn't you want to win? I'm gonna ever race. Like, why wouldn't you want to win? Especially that race. That's a really big race down here, and probably one of the bigger races, popularity-wise, for those cars in general in the southeast. I just don't get it. You know, it doesn't. Like, I know I can put give back yeah i just don't i can give back what's given to me but i'm not gonna go that wasn't enough i need to make an even bigger point and just wreck myself with it it just seems stupid uh yeah i don't know i think it's a street thing because they race each other a lot yeah like a lot a lot i get it but uh so if you you're gonna nip something in the bud you better put it on you gotta do it early in the season and I don't know. Uh, a lot of the times, uh, it's going to either be him, uh, the other Swanson brother, or or Co- or uh, Bobby Santos. So that's going to win the race. So I don't know. I don't know if that was his hill to die on or whatever, but the statement was made. I, I get the statement being made, but I mean, you really want to make a statement? Go break his face. Yeah. I don't know if he's the physical type. But there's well, a really... Did you become the physical type? Again, wrecking cars is just a stupid idea. I don't care. I'm not. I throw jack handles. <laughs> it's just a stupid idea. I, I, and now I, I'm I'm done with it. I think yeah, everybody just... I think everybody gets our point. I mean, I'm, uh, we've all wrecked someone out of anger. No. I don't think there's a single one of us that can say they didn't. Um, but virtually or for real? For real. I've never done that. I know you've moved someone or run into someone out of anger. That's um, that's moving the that's moving the goalpost though. He's never wrecked anybody out of anger. Right. Yeah, but the point is the point. I've never wrecked somebody out of anger. Well, you're a unicorn, apparently. <laughs> There's no, no sense it's just because it hasn't happened to him yet. I'm, sure sure as hell no Jesse has, and I sure as hell know I have. I'm not proud of it, but it happened, and I can't take it back. I've, the opportunity was never necessary for me, I guess. I don't know. Um, you tried. I remember you tried. You tried to avenge my death one night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't. I don't think I tried to wreck the person. I think I just tried to drive into them, and I missed, but I was I trying mean, to the crash. Says otherwise. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So we were watching the NASCAR return to California, not Sonoma, the California Speedway. Uh, what was it? Auto Club Speedway. And yes. uh, they ran the Xfinity Series race, and my God, they couldn't finish this thing to save their life. That Just... race took forever. <laughs> I didn't even know California had lights. Like, I had no idea. 
because they always race there in the daytime and they always finish in the daytime. I've never remember them having lights. The 24 hours of Auto Club is what that was. Yeah, I'm like, you know, you guys are going to run out of daylight here. They're like sweeping the crap off the track, like somebody oiled down all the way around or something. And then Brandon Jones wrecked off a. Oh, he wrecked for like the third time. Brandon Jones doing Brandon Jones things. Wrecking for the third time in this race by getting spun off a four and hitting the end of the pit wall. Yeah. That's when I turned a race on, actually. is That's when I turned a race on was to see him spin out to avoid a wreck that didn't happen. Jesse's like, is this a replay or is this live? Because it's Brandon Jones spinning wildly through the infield. Yeah. And then sand goes everywhere and it was, he turned it into a beach. Ugh. And red flagged it for twenty three. Can minutes, I just I say, Brandon Jones? I I feel like watching that replay. Brandon Jones made a mistake saying in the throttle, mm. if he had let off the gas, pressed in the clutch, and let the car try to roll, the wheels looked like they would have started rolling backwards, and he may have just gone back out into the infield. Yeah, he could have, would have, should have it all day. But I mean, I know what he was trying to do, but. God, he he hit it just right, launched up over the curb and right into those barrels. Just right into the sand barrels. And he and said then, he said afterwards, they, you know, I hit those sand barrels work real good. I hit them and I didn't just, you know, it wasn't really a big jolt or anything. Car just slowed down. I'm like, well, I guess that's a good thing. I I'm glad they had sand and not water. As much as people were complaining that it wasn't water because they thought water would have been easier. No. 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 Water's even worse. God, it would have taken forever. And water is a much harder impact because water is incompressible, whereas sand, there is always a gap somewhere in between each particle. So it will actually dissipate better, even though it's heavier. Yep. Yeah. So I did think it was kind of funny. They loaded all the pieces of the barrels onto the flatbed truck, dumped it next to the garages and fans were going and taking pieces of the broken barrels as memorabilia. It's a great it's a great idea. It's like, hey, I got the, one of the sand barrels from California. Go up to I yeah, hope they found up. Brandon Jones to get him to autograph it. I was thinking the same thing. I would. I Take would go, back I would year. sign it even hey, Brandon, if I did. You remember wreck. this? Can you sign this? Give it to a kid, he'll do it. Um but I did notice a few things. I noticed that Jeffrey Earnhardt really did have a good run until they had, I think, overheating issues. Uh, because I remember him having stuff stuck on the grill and having to clear it off. But I think it might have ran out of water by the time he got somebody to get it off. And now it just kind of spoiled a really good run. Uh, Landon Castle had a more bad luck because the car tried to burn him alive. Um, but. The big story is. Did they ever say what actually happened there? I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of willing to bet that the motor let go or a hose or an oil line came off or, oil something, line or something happened. I'm thinking oil line because that was a big fire and it was not fuel. So yeah, that that mm. got toasty real quick. <clears throat> I mean, we don't hit. He didn't hit the wall or anything, did he? Mm-mm. No, that's what no. I mean. He if never he, crashed. He didn't hit the wall. It's not like it's nitromethane or anything like that. I mean, and it looked like it so. was still under power. He was just going down the front stretch, and the thing was just on fire, like full John Force. I'm like, that's bad. Like, get the get the thing stopped, dude. Don't you don't need to be near the fire truck. Just get out, <laughs> freaking get out, dude. Um, but yeah, he's running for a colleague this year. I'd really like to see him get some good runs, but he has not had good luck the first two, uh, first two races. 
the big story. I think once he gets in a rhythm, he'll be fine. I hope so. Uh, there was nothing saying he wouldn't have had a good race that race, except for the whole fire thing. Um, but the big story was uh, Cole Custer won. Obviously, he's not full time in the series this year because he's running Cup. Uh, he won that for Bobby Dodder's team. Now, Bobby Dodder started that Xfinity Series team in 1995, I believe you can trace its roots back to. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was actually their first win in the series. That was the first win in the series. Yeah, that, I, I believe that's what I read, too. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Dodder was an ASA uh, driver standout. Yeah back in the day and he's been able to kind of hang around in nascar and he's been an owner for quite a long time now it appears he's uh affiliated with stewart haas now yeah they do have a brand new uh alliance with shr this year so that's probably why cole got the ride but they also got picked up a sponsor for the title it was the title sponsor of the race they picked up that sponsor before it and brought bobby dotter his first win that that team you could tell they were a small team they didn't have a Cup Series pit crew running that uh, pit stops. They had a team with guys with no branding on their fire suits. Yeah, it was just all black impact suits. Yep, just regular black fire suits. And I think one guy might have been from SHR. He might have been a fuel guy or, a, I don't know, an engineer or something. I don't know. But that was really cool to see. I'm very happy for Bobby. They've been doing this for a long time. And to finally get a win is really uh, redemptive for them. So I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm glad to see it. I wish they had talked more about him and, and you know his story and whatnot during the broadcast. Because I had no clue who the hell that team was. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Bobby's name is even really in the team. But people say that it's his team. Like, it's a different name. It's just he's still the ownership on it. Um. But yeah, I'd, I would like to see... They should just do a little segment on him for next week's race because you heard his name a bunch and people are like, who? And I think he should have his name put out there for all the people who may not recognize him. But yeah, Jesse's right. He was an ASA standout. He ran the Bush, Nash, uh, Bush series for a long time, ran different touring series and, and had relative success and has been able to hang around in NASCAR for a while. So I'm very happy. So now, now here's what I wonder, though. Is that the car that Ryan Priest is going to be driving? Um. Well, uh, I forgot who's going to be. Stuart Haas affiliation. Yes, but I forget who's going to be. In, oh, I remember who's going to be in that car now. Joe Graff Jr. Joe Graff Jr. is going to be in the car next week. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. So that car is going to be destroyed in three laps. Or it'll be about, Um, I'm checking my watch, probably 28th. Hmm. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, you better get on it, kid, because if this car don't finish good next week, you're not going to look great because a cup driver just got in it and waxed the of, field with of, it. A lot of pressure being a uh, part-time driver. Yeah. Especially when the other driver has a little success with that. Yeah. If he goes out Ugh. and waxes the field on a hard-to-drive racetrack and you're going to Vegas, which has a better surface... <laughs> You better step up, kid. It's not good for the blood pressure. No. <laughs> we also got to give give a shout-out to Fast Pasta. That was a really, really oh, impressive boy. run for them. Yeah, for the Chris R he, team? Yeah. 
Yeah, that red flag with the heat cycles at the end just kind of killed. I think the heat cycle killed the tires. Here's what brought them to where everybody else was. But yeah, you could say that. But he did the dumb thing on the restart when he started on the bottom. He thought he could just sail the thing in and run the bottom and just be able to drive around him on new tires, thinking that the momentum would carry him through. It didn't. Because the momentum was all on the top side. What he had to do to stick with him was drive the thing into the turn right on his door on the high side. As close as a line to his line as you can make it, you'll keep the momentum that he's got. And if you have fresher tires, which he had, maybe it would come out an advantage for you. Yeah, I think I think his thought process was he was going to restart third on the top with two to go. But he took the and bottom. If he gets... <laughs> Well, that's why he took the bottom. He didn't want to get boxed in up top because then you got guys on the bottom, you're stuck up against the wall and you got nowhere to go. He wanted an option. And I understand it. Thinking you have new tires, he probably thought he could dive off into the corner, clear them up the track and drive away. But I seriously, I think, and I saw a couple other people, I think Scott Tapley was one of them, said they thought the uh, heat cycles kind of hurt him there. It probably did, but I mean... I don't. I'm not a tire guy. I don't know if it was everything, because his tires. I don't think were, it was everything. His tires were, choice did hurt. His tires were still newer, and had less yeah. heat and had less heat cycles than everybody else. A heat cycle is a heat cycle. The more you put on it, the less you know. The the more degradation your tire is going to have, and the harder the compound he gets. Right. Drove his balls off though, because he restarted what 25th with like. Five to go. But it probably did hurt him. So it probably put him on an equal playing field. We'll never know. That was, that was, it, either way, it was impressive to see him even have a shot. Because he, he like did I put said, on, start, like 25th with five to go. He did put on a heck of a show, and it was very fun to watch. Changed my opinion on his driving. I'll say that much. Yeah, for now. <laughs> yeah, well. No, he did. He doesn't seem to make a lot of stupid mistakes. He just isn't there yet. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. You know maybe I mean. maybe he makes impatient mistakes because a lot of people do make those. Like uh, Ty yeah. Gibbs. Ty Gibbs is infamous for making impatient mistakes. Which yeah, but Ty Gibbs has a lot of experience winning races, so he has no excuse. <laughs> Yeah, but when you side draft the leader forty laps into the race and run your own ass into the, into the grass because you freaking drove into him, fair. It's like, guy, give them freaking chance. God Almighty, that's but that's what a young kid does, right? That's what I'm saying because he doesn't have to fix it. It's not his money. Daddy yeah, gave but it to him. Th- that's just impatient. True. You're that's not wrong, but that's it's true. always better to pull back the reins on a hot headed driver. Than it is to give him a, a boost. It's a easier boost to make forward. a it's easier to make a fast driver slow down than to take a slow driver and make him go faster. That's right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's <clears> why <throat> I'm screwed. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're all screwed. I don't know. I'm pretty quick. My equipment doesn't keep up. Anyway, let's move on. Same. <laughs> so. The big story, the big news was the new car coming to California and a Cup Series, and everybody coming back to California after two years, after two weeks. 
Well, I mean, they, California, they, they, California Speedway. Yeah, I get it. Okay, I, I had to two. I, two I, I never. I know. I know. Just, but I mean, I had to put two and two together. I'm sorry one. to interrupt, but I'm just curious. Why would you have the clash in California? Then you go all the way across the country to the penis of the United States, pissed and, on Cuba. Yep, and run that race, and then go all the way back to California. Because NASCAR. I just like. I guess the fuel bill isn't that much. <laughs> I mean, there was people else. in the stands. I mean, oh, the grandstands looked fantastic compared to the last time they were at Auto you know, Club. I mean, it wasn't sold out, but I mean, it it, it was there was people. Let's there. also be fair; that place holds one hundred thirty thousand. So yeah. that's a huge grandstand. So I'd say what I, it was, they probably had eighty thousand people. There. I'd say they had about three quarter capacity. Well, gas is four fifty. Yeah. Five dollars a gallon in California. Yeah, right. It's oh God, crazy. Pretty, that's too. what pretty. it is here. It's probably like nine dollars a gallon there. They're, yeah, they're they're lucky to get anybody there. You know, they all had to walk. They all had to ride their bike or carpool. Tesla. Can I just say <laughs> I would like to go back to California like nine more times this year? Yeah, the that surface is worn the hell out. They're sliding all that over the place. Fun. It was a lot of fun. Both uh, races were a lot. The of new fun. car. They could get. I love how, the, even like the last couple of years, though the the tire, uh, the tire technology, tire degradation, the tire technology. These they could get really stupid out of shape, and be able to bring it back. I think I mean, a lot of that was the side force on the old car, though. But a lot of it does like that, that too. Gigantic but, ass spoiler. But the tire is the last thing yeah. that is goes to the racetrack, and yeah, these guys are able to bring it back. Like Eric Amarola did was the only person to save the car, and twice, (laughs) twice, yeah. But then he came back and got a top five or top ten or whatever. He did really well. So you got you got tippy cap to him. Yeah, yeah. There was a good. They were the new car was really a lot of fun to watch. I think this this again people just do not give this enough time or thought. Because they're just so impatient with this whole thing. It's like, yeah, they have a brand new product. They have to iron that out. They have to work the bugs out here. Yeah, the car being stuck on the ground because the flat tires, that was an oversight. So they had to work that bug out. They're already working to fix it. Yeah, there's a little Um, bit of things that they're going to have to fix with that. Yeah, that, that is kind of a little bit embarrassing. Yeah. But other than that, what do you guys think? Nine, no. there's nine different car owners in the top ten. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you expect <laughs> Kyle hey, you Larson what, to win you the know race. What you didn't yeah. hear a lot of. Was that you didn't you didn't hear? I think three or four different things. You didn't hear arrow tight. You didn't hear arrow loose. Nope. You didn't hear the air bubble or or arrow bubble, whatever they were. Oh calling. yeah, where they would you, get up to somebody but not be able to burst it and cut through to pass them. God, that was annoying. Big, so also, the biggest thing I noticed all day was you did not hear a lot about lap traffic. So no, you didn't either. So when you talk about arrow, all these arrow terminology, then Joey Logano is going to not have a job anymore in the announcers booth. <laughs> no more clean air. <laughs> well, here's the thing: clean air is always going to matter unless you're um, running yeah, a cab over semi. Of course, well, I mean, matter. but who doesn't want to be out the front? Leader, Right. I think the leader should always have a slight advantage. You got to the lead. You deserve to be there. 
Yeah, but you can't just be like, exclusively there. Somebody should be able to take it from you. No, but just like on restarts, leader oh, fires first. Ooh, that's not right? well at all. Or leader controls the restart. There's his advantage. That's nope, his my... reward for getting the lead. Does my mic still work? Because Jesse so, just knocked everything over. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, it looks like are it does. Are we not recording now? No, we are, I think. I've, just everything fell over if you didn't hear that. So anyway, um, there were numerous. But like, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Clean air mattered, but you could get runs on these cars now. Yes. So if you are able to build a good run, you could use the run. You right. didn't stall out. I agree. Uh, there were a lot of quick... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? There was a lot of people just jumping to conclusions very early because there were so many guys getting loose or spinning out in about practice what? or what? in practice or qualifying or whatever the case was, and people just took to Twitter way too prematurely about it. They're and then trying to make Darth comment of the week, Brent. Oh. Is it that big that they actually want to try to make it? Yes. Hmm. It's one of the most coveted awards in all of motorsports. For the wrong reasons. Um, but, but Those if, people probably don't satisfy their wives very well either. I would doubt it. Well, who does? Um, what is it? What is the clitoris? <laughs> it's, uh, it's this. Uh, no, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you later. Next. <laughs> um, Excuse me. Sorry. But we saw some big wrecks in practice. I mean, Ross Chastain's wreck was just, oh, ah, it looked like it hurt. Um, he but, said it was the hardest he'd ever hit in anything in his life. But if, I mean, people have again, quickly jump to a conclusion where they say, well, the car's too stiff. And it's like, did you see the angle that he hit at and the speed he hit at? It didn't matter right. what he was driving. That's going to hurt, you know? So it's going to be the hardest impact. It's That was terrible. Uh, it really hurt that thing bad. But he managed to come back with the backup car for Trackhouse. Um, I believe he's racing for them, right? Or is who's he yes. racing for? Eat. Oh, He's that's right, because Kurt Busch, Kurt Busch went to 2311, then he went to that. Okay, I had to do the math again. I couldn't remember who Trackhouse was bought Ganassi. That's so right. He stayed with that one. Okay, that's good. Um, and then you saw Kevin Harvick, which was very interesting. Um, he backed it in the wall, got sideways and backed it in the wall off of four. And I don't know how many hours it took, but it was basically the same day. They had that car apart and assessed... Like they took it up, they took it through the Hawkeye after they took all the damaged parts off of it, and went to see if it was actually repairable, and it didn't, was. Didn't even need a clip. No, they took it back, they repaired it, and he was able to race with the same car. Um, what Rodney Childers said was actually pretty interesting. Did you happen to catch what he said? No, um, I missed it. He Negative. he he spoke about. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the tweet right now, actually. But it was very interesting because he mentioned how much time these cars spend or used to... The old car... Let's just say the old cars used to spend in the shop when something like that would happen. Now, if anybody saw the clip of Kevin Harvick backing it in the wall, you can kind of put that one in your memory banks and look back oh, to a different one. With the old car, that was a rear clip, full body, all of that. Yeah, here he, he does. Dave Moody from MRN, I think he's on MRN, mentioned yes. he said a year yes, ago. Yes. He said a year ago. I'm guessing that car spends a week in the chassis shop and another week in the body shop. And he questioned. He tags Rodney Childers. He's like question mark. 
So Rodney says, in all honesty, all of that part went really well. Last year would have been one week in the chassis shop, two days in heavy fab, six days on a body plate, two days in the finished fab, two days in the body shop, a day in the scan room with 40 runs on the Hawkeye to finish it up. This car was done in like six hours, and they made like a few passes through the Hawkeye just to make sure it was straight. Yeah, that's NASCAR kudos to them yeah they, they, the car did what they intended it to do it did exactly what they wanted they wrecked no, it no no growing pains with it either like they, that was my thought was okay you're gonna get a bumper to replace a bumper because that's that's essentially what they did was bumper uh body panels bumper cover spoiler all that stuff and they didn't replace the clip yeah they, they did didn't a, replace any of the chassis sections yeah bumper so, tr- bumper trunk lid bumper cover <laughs> right quarter but when you have a manufacturer like Kirky does the bumpers mm-hmm. and the other, I don't remember the name of the company that does the chassis, but how do you know they're going to fit? I think Maybe it's... someone's drawing was off a little bit and all of a sudden it doesn't fit. Now you get a problem. Yeah, not only that, everything fit the template and everything and they they were good to go. I believe so, the manufacturer yeah, like, is called Technique Inc. I'd have to look that. Yeah, up, I though. think That's... it's Technique Chassis. That you're right. And I do. But I, I think mean, they build all the chassis with a computer program and robots, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, something so everybody gets something the same comes thing. out of calibration. So that's cool that everything fit perfectly. Guys, how about the racing? I mean, there. Oh, was we're getting to that. High high line, low line, middle six lanes. We had apron. It was actually pretty darn good. I mean, I think there's the car could use maybe you could a little bit. Run the beer bit. line too. Exactly the beer line. Yeah, no, no doubt. We're no worries, homeboy. Uh, the the thing is, is I think it could use a little bit more on the horsepower side just to get rid of the momentum thing, the momentum aspect of it. Anybody that has to run the whole top line, it kind of takes away from the bottom line a little bit. I would like to see a little bump in power too. But uh, that's Here's just one thing more thing that they got to iron out. So whatever. Yeah. I'll say this, though, about the, the, the horsepower and all that. When these cars had like 850, 900 horsepower, whatever, back in 2012, 2013, they were still ripping the top like that. It's all about as much momentum as you can get. Whatever yeah. line's going to carry the most momentum is where you're going to run it. I think that's fair. I think it has more to do with the PJ1 they applied than anything else. No PJ1. They did apply. They didn't it, so. put PJ1. I thought they did. I thought they said they were putting traction compound down. No, they put down that resin, which... I guess it it helps the rubber adhere. That's traction compound. That's PJ one. <laughs> no, not really, compound. because on its own it doesn't do anything. I'm sure. It's well, like whatever it is, it's garbage. <laughs> whatever it is, leave it alone. It's like Kleenex. You know, it's it, you maybe have puffs or Kleenex. It's a different brand. You're still Same blowing shit. your you nose know, with it. it. You know they they put that on the track on every single lane except the very very bottom. Well, where yeah. was everybody racing? I mean, tops. Yeah, maybe it's the. But that's maybe why everybody they did it anyway. Okay, maybe it's a little different than it, but maybe they did it because the track is so weathered that they needed that's, something to just. That's what they were saying. They needed something to get the the rubber to adhere after two years, hmm. because they tried the tire dragon too. But you're not getting the tires hot on the tire dragon the same way you are when you're racing. Yeah, that's true. Question for the panel. Yes. Did. Do you guys think that Kyle Larson blocked 
Chase Elliott into the fence? No, because no. on Twitter his spotter came out and said, hey, I was paying attention to the guy low, and uh, I screwed up and didn't call the car high. Okay. Taylor Mon came right out on Twitter and said, yeah, I did that. That is my fault. Kyle's not doing this to look at his little backup camera that he has now. Oh yeah, There's I forgot they have reverse mirrors. Around here. <laughs> they don't have they don't have the rearview mirror up top anymore. Is it all they have is that little IMSA style backup camera, and I don't think he's looking down into the right when he's trying to focus on the left rear quarter or right rear quarter panel of Joey Logano to okay. side draft him. So is it is his name Tyler Mon or Taylor Mon? I can't remember. I, I don't know. Tyler. Is it Tyler? I don't know. It yeah, looks he's, like he's he... one of my favorite spotters to listen to. He is really fun. Him, TJ Majors, and Freddie Kraft. You know? I, yeah, I just didn't want to misquote him or nothing. I'll so. give him the benefit of the doubt, but I have to say that a, a driver of Kyle Larson's caliber should have the spatial awareness to know, given the resources that he has. And the move did look on a little bit on the late side of when he was going to make his arc into the corner. It just happened a little bit too perfectly. So I'm just saying that uh, they gave him the benefit of the doubt, but uh, I think he may have had a little bit of the devil on his shoulder beating up the angel on the other shoulder. How many times have you come off a two at Thompson? And somebody's oh, they're right there. I had it happen a couple times, maybe in traffic. I've, I only I've had, had it ever happen to me once. I had it happen I had to me happen, once, and I'll tell you the I story. I had it happen with with John Carpenter one night, and I, I swore to God I was clear on him by a car and a half. Yeah, <laughs> I start coming up, 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 and I was like, oh shit, there he is. <laughs> I had the same thing happen to there. me. A long time ago, and it was with Tommy Silva. Mm. And Tommy was a little bit down on power, but his car really would go through the turns, which usually happens when they're a little bit down on power. And he had to lift out of it for me, and I, I totally didn't even think he was there. And I, I thought I was long gone, but no, he was still there. And he came up to me and just put his put those two little fingers to measure like an inch. He's like, that close? That close? I, I I'm just like, Tommy, Kyle Tommy, I'm right. sorry. I apologize. I didn't realize you were even there. I There's no way. I think a car could physically go through the corner that much. And if I knew you were there, I, was, I wouldn't do that to you, brother. So you I, th- I think when Kyle turned right, all he was trying to do is get off Joey's quarter to get to his line on the top. Because Joey was going to have a bad angle on entry. And Kyle just wanted to open his entry up so he could have the good run off the top. Was Lar- I was a little late, but that's okay. Chase was there. Was Larson behind a little bit on uh, Joey? Was he side drafting on him? Side drafting. Because if you yeah, pull a side draft like that, Joey's- if you pull that type of side draft, you have to gain separation once you're moving forward because then you have to break that side draft for the I'm other guy. I'm just saying so. it was a little late. Yeah. It was a little I w- late. I will say, little Willie, fucking Bill Elliott Jr., Chase Elliott, whatever you want to call him, is the biggest crying son of a bitch intentionally spinning out to try and cost his teammate the race after that. Yeah, he, he definitely spun on purpose. Did he blow a left for a tire? No. No? He spun on purpose. His hands never moved. You can see his, you can see his hands just do that. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, he spun on purpose. He just oh, jerked damn. the car coming off the corner to spin it. Yeah, doesn't take a, that doesn't take a doesn't rocket scientist well to figure that out. 
because you know what? Sometimes you lose him that way. I get that he lost it that way to, to, to Harvick, but Harvick's not his teammate. And then his teammate went on to win after that. So, Well, if he did that on purpose, then yeah, he can... If, if he had potentially you know. then cost his organization a win, I would have really hoped that Hendrick would have had the balls to suspend him for a race. Hmm. Yeah, or I move something it, but... around, or 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 do something that uh... or something. But you can't you can't intentionally spin out out of anger at your teammate and then take a risk at costing the organization a race win yeah, at that point. Yeah, if that's if that's the case, it's diaper time. Yeah, it's clear as clear as day it's watching the video. You gotta that change he just the diaper. Boring. Yeah, somebody made a gif of it and posted it online. And it's um, not the first time Chase has just had an entitlement moment like that either. It's kind of getting sickening. As much as he's fun to watch race and he's a really good driver, I just that personality trait doesn't sit well with well, me. With him. Well, at least he has. At least it's a personality trait with him. I mean, God. Well, that's the only personality trait he has. He, otherwise, he's like potting soil. It's like Casey Kane was on steroids. I mean, just a mannequin. <laughs> full spectrum full spectrum full <laughs> entire plastic like listening to a ryan waterman interview oh did i say that i love you ryan <laughs> it wasn't me i think the closet door just opened uh it was really nice to see eric jones and uh tyler reddick up front like all day it was really nice to see that petty gms uh partnership car up front with Eric Jones, yeah, that was cool. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse, Ricky Stenhouse, you name it. I mean, um, Daniel Suarez. Yeah, Suarez had a ah, shot at the win at CCC, the end. He's being very good. Um, what was? Oh, he really stepped good. on his dick too. Uh, it happens, but um, he, you got to lose one before you can win one, I guess. Of course, understood. But he that ran. Team, he's he's gonna win races. My opinion on him has changed as well. He'll I was figure it really out. Impressed. He's due. Yeah. He's on. He's on deck. He's he's due absolutely to win a race. Yeah, Ross had and a good run going it. too. Uh, I think he got turned around late. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys who weren't much last year were something at California with this new car. So that was it's really telling. You know, the how even the Rick Ware cars were running inside the top fifteen at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you put somebody with experience in these parody. cars, they're going to have some good runs. Um, you yeah, know. It was- Good to see. But, yeah, Kyle Larson did win out on the day, and he took home the victory. California uh, driver winning at California again. I think they've done it like 12 times or something like that. Like 12 different California drivers have won at California 12 Speedway. 12 different drivers? I think so. I, would something, I don't know. I'm going to have to do the math on it. I'm, well, I'm yeah, not sure. I mean, there's Jeff Gordon. There's Jimmy Johnson. There's a bunch of them. I'd have Apparently, to California is the new North Carolina for drivers. Or it used to be. Las uh, Vegas is, <laughs> is a big one, too, like in Nevada. It's, yeah, there's a lot of different areas coming around. Uh, you know, I do. Gee, it's where all the businessmen and their ch- their rich daddies are. You know, um, yeah, there's you know like Alex Bowman and Noah Gregson. They're all from out that way too. Yeah, the desert kids. Um, yeah, the bushes. Yep, they're Vegas. Um, the shrubs. <laughs> the bushes. Um, I think you know. I was on Twitter. I think Scott Tapley, our race director. I think he said it best. He summed up the racing by saying, uh, cup cars are doing 194 miles an hour at Fontana with no spoiler and no side force compared to the old cars, obviously. Uh, But Joe Race fan will talk about how he ain't watching because them cup cars are too slow. Yes. Which was 
that was a lot of the bitching about on Twitter was because they were too slow. Why? Because they weren't going 200 miles an hour? Apparently. I don't know. Go to your local short track and tell me what the best division is and then tell me what their ride height is and how much horsepower they have. I don't know. Street stocks go 85 down the straightaway at Waterford Speedball. Uh, they're they're, and they're to watch. about the damn best show there at yeah, Thompson a lot and of at nights. Stafford and at every track you go to. Yeah, it doesn't speed nights, does man. not make good racing. Nope. You I've can always... have fast cars put on good racing, but nine times out of ten, I have always that's not I've, what makes the racing good. I've always Sorry. said it: aerodynamics and speed don't make racing better. Yeah. So it, yeah, it makes it exciting, but it doesn't make it better. Oh, big, yeah. A big engine and no handles. I think they Boom. said that the last race at California, they had, I think it was three cautions. Two of them were stage breaks. Uh, they had like three lead changes, and Alex Bowman won by nine seconds. This race, yeah. they had like 30-something lead changes, 13 cautions, and it came down to the very end for the win. And there were all sorts of different teams at play for it. So it's... It's really leveled the playing field, and it really has made the racing better so far. Oh, racing in so general far. was great. Well, I mean, and it wasn't just a crapshoot like. No, you anybody, had to be talented. Everybody that got in the top ten was lucky either with with the parity that went along with it. What happened was is that a lot of those guys, even with the smaller teams like the Richard Petty Motorsports and, and uh, Trackhouse, mm-hmm. And the forty-seven team, and and even you know, I, I even call Richard Sild- Childress Racing kind of like they're not the best, but all four of know. those teams you just mentioned are associated with each other too. Yeah, yeah. think about that for a second. It was nice to see yeah, Tyler Reddick I mean, actually be able to run up front. Like but I should. mean, it's it's one of those things where it's they those guys were up front all day long. Yeah, the top those guys in the top ten were up front all day long, and they earned it. Oh, they definitely did. They had parity and they earned it. I think, though, that kind of brings an interesting thing into it. Did they figure something out or are they on the path to figuring something out because of, like you said, what is it, Petty GMS, RCR, Trackhouse is kind of in that same group, Uh, Stenhouse's team, JTG Doherty, that's all Childress Alliance teams strength in numbers, all those different engineers working on things. Hendrick doesn't have any alliances, do they? God, I don't think so. Can you buy engines I don't think from they, them? Yeah, I think you can get engines, but you're not going to get technical support, I don't believe. I really and don't I think, think Gibbs, the only thing Gibbs know, has they won the is... Race. Yeah, but, I mean, you're talking <laughs> about fair. the Goliath <laughs> of the sport. Yeah. The Goliath of the sport, they better be fast. But to have Childress go from where they were a consistent 20th place car last year to all of a sudden they're in the contention for the win, I think that speaks to strength in numbers. I mean, look at it this They've way. They've got Tyler, more people, more data flying around figuring stuff out. Tyler Reddick He's led a whole bunch out. of that That's race. A good point. Yeah, Tyler Reddick led a whole bunch of that race. Guess who finished oh, yeah. second? If Tyler Austin Reddick had second. not crashed, if William Byron had not stepped on his dick i mean i get it he got loose it happens but you know the caution's coming out stay out of the throttle just lift and if you're gonna get loose spin it's not worth trying to gather it that is what it is right now. yeah it's don't be don't be a it. hero but 
Tyler Reddick was not going to be beat yesterday. I don't care what you say. The only one that beat him was Eric Jones. Him. Eric Jones was right with him a lot, though. But Oh, well, yeah. Eric, again, Eric Jones was right there, but I think he was just a tick behind. It was just not enough to for us to ever but know. Yeah, so. But, yeah, I get what you're saying, Phil, is that the, uh, the, 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 he's <laughs> finally figured out how to share. Like, And it's also nice to see you know Richard Childress' cars back at the front of the field yeah i don't care if you don't like seeing the three out there it's nice to see childress running and, well it's good to see a new player coming to the game you got your pens back into the game you got your hendrick you got your gibbs yeah. and i have a new... Hell, i think before the end of the year you're going to see a lot more teams stuart haas is falling too. off a little Stu- bit stuart haas is going to be right back there but they came I mean, back Harvest in they had two zero. in the top 10 but Harvick spun the car and backed it in the wall on his outlap and finished what fifth? He With did zero practice, zero laps in qualifying. They just figured it out in the race. I think he did finish really well at the end. By the way, I just have yeah. a news flash for all the old fans uh, who don't like the three car being on the track. The three was not Earnhardt's number before he went to Childress. Nope, that was Cotton Owens's number. It was also Richard Childress's number. <laughs> I think th- I think they're more angry about the stylized three. That's it, an Earnhardt trademark, and I get that. But well, if it was an it Earnhardt trademark, good point. If, the image if, of Childress at the same time. If it was an Earnhardt trademark, Teresa would have stolen that thing back by now. So, no, I mean, like, like where visually, is like you associate that style of three. She had the I font. Don't care if you see it on Danny Rick's car, you know that style of three was a Dale Earnhardt three. Macro yeah. Gamma. That's the font. <laughs> but it's also a Childress thing. So, Right. No, but that's my point is I think the fans are it's more mad at the style. People weren't bitching about the two-car being Earnhardt's number because he won his first championship with Rod Osterlund in the two-car. No, I, I, I get what you're <laughs> saying, but it, it but Phil's right. It's, it's the font. That's the one that everyone knows i would this. have liked to see the three turn into the same font as the eight i like the way that eight looks all i gotta say is it is the same font cry me a river no it isn't don't yes, it care is. no go look at it it's squared off no it's the same anyway <laughs> they should have made it the old ricky the crud man three when he first oh came yeah in. i like that one make it that one yeah when rudd drove for uh childress yeah that was a P- nice yeah three. the old Piedmont Airlines one or whatever. I like that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Do the old Crudman 3. Yeah. There you go. Done. There, we solved it. We this fixed thing. NASCAR again. Oh, you can't see it. Yes, we can see it. What? It's his... Hey, oh. Jesse. Jesse's not looking, so don't pay what? any attention. Oh, this thing's already an hour and a half. We should probably wrap this thing oh, up, huh? We suck. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, I should I should end this thing with uh, one quick note. Well, because the, because the eight is copywritten with Teresa Earnhardt, by the way. Oh. Oh yeah. They have to that's, do a different that, font. That's why, because they have to have a different. Because that was DEI. The three. That's a DEI eight, not. Yeah. yeah. Not a I would like Childress to see eight. the three for Austin Dillon be that. There you that go. same font as the eight, so it matches. It's it's an aesthetic OCD thing to me. For team cars, I can see why. Fair, you're right. Yeah, I agree. But we should end on one final racing note. Uh, we will go with Formula One. Now they have new cars coming out. I'm I can't wait to see it. No, 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 oh, no, no. No YouTube audience. Sorry. No, no, no. That's <laughs> it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't wait to see the new cars uh, race. But it's they have the F1 officials and the FIA 
have formally canceled the Russian Grand Prix for this season amid the ongoing conflict between the Ukraine and Russia. So I figured I'd You put have that out made there. me very angry. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm trying to uh, rem <laughs> remove politics from the show as much as humanly possible, even though I still have absolutely no freaking idea why they're over there doing that. So this whole deal is going to seriously hurt the financial bottom line of uh, Haas F1. Yeah, I know they, you know, with uh, Mazepin, maybe spins or probably <laughs> going to spin whatever his name is. Mazepin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, they're, uh, they had big sponsorship from him. Did they even kick him out of the car or did they just kick the I don't think they kicked him out. They took the, they took the Russian flag stripes off the car and then they took his father's sponsorship name. But if they lose that money, I, I think I saw that their, their plan was to kind of run mid-pack and get like 70 million in, in profit sharing. Yeah, because the FIA and, with their sponsorship, if you if you end up in a certain points position or or gain points or whatever, like at any race, you get part of the profit sharing or something for the team. And yeah, it's a big chunk. The of thing money, that too. the thing that blew my mind reading that article though was that mm -hmm. they're going to get seventy million in profit sharing, and <laughs> they're still going to turn a loss of forty million on the year. Well, of course, they never make money on this shit. You know, <laughs> and they, they all have these giant other corporations saying, because they use it as a write-off. Yeah, they justify it by saying that Gene Haas is just using it as a write-off for Haas Automation. I'm like, I wish I had that kind of fuck you money. I wish I did too. That I would fan. I want to start an F1 team to advertise for my business with the intentions of actually just losing money. Did you hear that, Michael Walt or Michael Andretti? Not Michael Walter. Jesus Christ. Uh, Michael Andretti and Andretti something is looking for a uh, Formula One team. They're they're in talks with the FIA or something. Yeah, I think they. It, I saw the ball is in motion. I don't know what's actually going to happen with it. What's happening in the background? Dude, <laughs> nuclear warfare. When I want off this ride. Are you, are you listening to Metallica? One. <laughs> Jesse has just nuked the program, so therefore I think we should probably end it. <laughs> <laughs> no mention of the Ukraine war, please. It's not good. <laughs> We're gonna get canceled. We're seriously gonna get canceled. This is the most. <laughs> oh, <God>. The <laughs> wheels have fallen off. This. They fell off the wagon an hour and a the half only, ago. You know what? The only thing I'm going to say is people were bitching about Russia bringing over some kind of weird flamethrower weapon, and they're like, oh, my God, they're going to use it against civilians. And it's like, they're already killing civilians. That's already a war crime, you idiots. Jesus Christ. As long as it doesn't affect me and I don't have to go shoot somebody in the face, I'll be fine with it. I think I'm already out of the uh, age limit for the draft, so I should be good to go. <laughs> that's that's another thing about maybe spin. Uh, I believe he owes Russia one year of mandatory military service. So I'm curious to see how that's going to pan out. He's rich. They're never going to put him in the military. He's probably part of the oligarchy. I don't think Putin, <laughs> don't think Putin cares. I, nah, I'm not going to get into it. I don't know. Whatever. Are we done yet? Yeah, we'll finish this thing up now. 
So you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can send us feedback to uh, Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com or anchor.fm slash Making Laps. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brent Gleason01. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. You can find Phil at at P. Jakes Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can find Jesse at... There he is. Wait, I want to see John Cena, okay? Boy, you've already used the John Cena sound in the last two episodes. you got to find a new sound. No, I want to keep using it. <laughs> That's his shtick, apparently. All right, wait, so wait. as they look for a I new sound, it. I'll say... I saw it. What? <laughs> Well, that was poorly timed by me because that's not what I wanted to say. Uh, I will give it to the boy. Boy, how do we end this show? Key to do is say down say out fence. Thank you for listening. John Cena! <laughs> <laughs> he gave him the wrong one. I love it. <laughs> oh, God. Get him away from the board. I'm trying to end this thing. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs>